Are you ready for Super Idols RPG? Super Idols. A rotating cast of today's hottest up-and-coming tabletop players in one all-new power-packed podcast. Super Idols. Move into a new dimension with the year's biggest pop music-themed, magical girl-inspired masks campaign. Super Idols. Now you can have all your favorite nerdy roleplay in a funny, sincere, diverse, character-driven package. Super Idols. Meet soon-to-be chart-topping idols like Violence Violet, Bane Raven, Symphoria, Elementum, Queen Bee, Warcry, and Karen. Karen. Super Idols RPG, the internet's premier narrative play podcast about super-powered teen idols. Call the number on your screen now to order Super Idols RPG on CD or cassette, or stream it wherever podcasts are sold. Must be 13 years or older to listen because we do sometimes say Please do not actually try to order a CD or cassette from us. That's just part of the parody. Please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to yourself because you deserve something nice in the mail today. And seriously, come listen to Super Idols RPG. It's pretty cool and it's a fun show and we think you'll like it. Visit superidolsrpg.castos.com for more details. Autumn's armies marched upon the world. People from all over. Different planets, different realms, joined the fight to stop the corrupted from taking the forgotten realms. Gods, demons, celestials, all joined forces, hoping to stop the spread of the far realms. But it was too much, it was too strong. And now our heroes, our brave five heroes, are barely holding the line. Join us at BaldaTheSevenDice.com so that this tale will not be forgotten, so we will know how to hold back the creatures of the Far Realms before it's too late. Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads, and let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And... Truly you are, but if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter, at CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump onto the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam.
Welcome, Variables, to a brand new Control Group preview. I am Dennis Veray, GM and showrunner of Control Group, here alone in Control Group Labs to look at a system that one of our Patreons would desperately like us to check out. Today, we'll be previewing See You Space Cowboy by Onslaught 6. If you would like us to check out your system, since we have a gigantic backlog of systems that we're trying to get to already, you can circumnavigate my wants and desires by heading over to our Patreon. We have a dev tier for $5, and which gets you one of these preview episodes that goes up on the Patreon first, and then on the main feed when we're done with a main campaign. And then eventually we test out your system wholesale. This will be coming up relatively soon as we're getting into our third one-shot-a-palooza. So we'll be testing a game about fishing, the Tower of Souls, and See You Space Cowboy, which we'll get to in just a second. I really want to start off by thanking Onslaught6 for having a really cool pen name. Uh, it reminds me of the villains from X-Men, and I just want a name as cool as that. See You Space Cowboy is a sci-fi space bounty hunter jazz fusion role-playing game. If you couldn't tell by the intro, it's based off of Cowboy Bebop. So before we get into the system, to quote Patrick Starr from Spongebob, first you'll need to get an appreciation for freeform jazz. I'm really excited to look at the system today. Cowboy Bebop is one of my favorite animes growing up. It's really a staple of the 90s anime scene. It's really just that and like Yu Yu Hakusho and like early Berserk for me that are like the three main, that's the big three back in the day. I am an old head. As we start off, off this system. Just big props. I, I have both the work in progress and the complete edition of this system. And the work in progress looked just fine, but the art that has been chosen for CU Space Cowboy is perfect. It starts off with your kind of Faye Valentine-esque, like, sexy space milf, which is one of the reasons we love Cowboy Bebop in the first place. Like, that, that started some awakenings there, along with Spike and Jet. Not Ayn, though. There's a problem if Ayn did anything for you. Like any good system, we start off with some safety tools. We want to make sure our players are safe and feel fine with what we're doing in the space. There are a lot of things that get touched upon. If you're basing this campaign around some of the themes of Cowboy Bebop, I know I have stolen wholesale plot lines out of Cowboy Bebop, and I know that there's some aftercare that's needed post your session. So basic safety tools in the system, lines, veils, the X card, and timeouts. If you're unaware, this is your first time checking out a system that has safety tools, lines and veils are safety tools you can use at your table. A line is anything that definitely will not come up in the game. This is a hard line, should not be crossed. A veil is something that can be referred to or alluded to but not focused on. A veil around spiders means you may see webs, but you'll never see a spider. There's no, not going to be any scene painting about those gross arachnids. A line around spider means there are no spiders. Fucking spiders are gone. Eliminated. The X card is if you ever feel like something is out of line, makes you feel uncomfortable for any reason, you can play the X card. This will go ahead, eliminate what was just said, and we'll go back 
uh, a little bit in time and redo that section to make you make sure you're feeling comfortable. For character creation, you create outlaws. Of course, we are space mercenaries, space bounty hunters. So in our session zero, you're gonna create your outlaw. You're gonna grab some traits and talents. Your traits are the stats of this game. You have muscles, moves, brains, and cool. Each of these are used for particular actions, which in the system are called breaks, like a musical break or a break forward or a solo break. Whenever you do something that has a risk of failure, you'll perform a break, or as we would call this in any other PPTA, a basic move. Along with all four of the stats, you can take a few talents from each of the stats, which help create some more lore and physical skills around your outlaw, much in the way that sometimes PBTAs lack the gigantic list that is in D&D of the traits, you know, roll for insight, investigation, arcana. These talents help bring that back, whereas if you have an expertise in brains, you can take talents in computer technology, deduction, interstellar technology, math. Whereas if you take some more talents in moves, you can do attracting attention, breakdancing, do a barrel roll, gymnastics trainings. So this allows you to have multiple talents that lie within your character, some general, some specific. As I mentioned before, we've got breaks, which are your quote-unquote basic rules. Uh, depending on what you choose, you'll either roll a d6, d8, or d10, or d12 to see if you make it or break it. If, the, if you have a relevant talent, you also get to add 1d4. So if your result is 4 or below, you fail, something bad happens, and you can gain juice. We'll get to juice in just a second. I'm really excited to talk about juice. If the result is a 5 to 9, you partially succeed. Just like in any other PBTA, you may be able to do it, but something bad happens in the process. If you get a 10 or above, you succeed with flying colors. If the unmodified dice roll is the maximum possible, a 6 on a d6, an 8 on a d8, you gain juice, even if the result is only a partial success. So if you get the most out of your dice roll, you get some juice. <laughs> the final result can also then be modified with gear, so you can figure out what your break roll will be. There's also advantage and disadvantage, just like classic Wizards Coast D&D. And for this system, you roll your trait die twice and take the highest roll, advantage, or the lowest roll for disadvantage. Juice is a unique mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fun sentence to say. Outlaws start with no juice. Whenever they fail a break roll, they gain juice, unless they use juiced on a break. An outlaw can have a maximum of one juice at any time, and you lose your juice at the end of the session. So juice is this fun quasi-experience, quasi-advantage. What the fuck is it called in d and It's not advantage, right? What is that? I'm having a full mental break, give me a second. Inspiration. It's like having inspiration in D&D. Can you tell how many other systems I play other than D&D? I'm in a whole ass another D&D podcast, and I cannot remember inspiration for the life of me. <laughs> like most systems, you can also help out with other players to make sure that their break makes it. Uh, to help another player, you must have a strong narrative reason that it makes sense that you could help. Many breaks are solo activities by default, so encourage players to be creative. Much like many PBTA systems, there are bonds which are created in the pilot episode, or uh, session zero, as we may know it. You go around the table counterclockwise, starting with the 
person to the right of the GM, I have to break for just a second because I forgot to talk about uh, why this system immediately gets a 10 out of 10. As we know, in Control Group, there's only one thing I look for when I'm playing a system, and is that you, as a game maker, give me a better name than GM or DM. So in this system, the leader is called the Ban Leader, playing up to our, our jazz-inspired roots that are within this kind of space opera jazz fusion. Uh, so the person on the right of the band leader will start making connections with each person in the group. You can draw your character. There's money, as you would expect in a bounty hunting kind of hyper-capitalist space society. If you've been keeping up with Dimension 20's Starstruck Odyssey, much of that in the way that you gotta keep up with your money to keep up with your job and you're doing this which may be kind of on the more gray moral scale so you can survive uh like any other bounty hunter you've got debts and regrets which i love really good rhyme scheme there so you have a nice table there you roll a d10 you get your debts you get your regrets so i'm gonna go ahead and what I like to do on these previews is roll along with these tables to see what kind of characters we can make. So I'm gonna grab a d10, which I know I should have prepared a sec. The dice were at least out, but I gotta get them out of the little baggie. Okay, we'll roll our debts and regrets. So for this new character I'm making, as far as debts go, I've got a, I rolled a nine, which on this table is a bank or credit debt. So <laughs> I'm a material girl. As we go to my regrets, these are fun narrative beats that impact my backstory. Um, I rolled a 10. Uh, so I got a deathbed promise from a comrade. Oh, that is big. Uh, that is That is a good narrative beat. Once an outlaw has cleared a debt, their talent die permanently becomes a d6 instead of a d4. So these are narrative things that you can reach at certain character arcs as you're going through the campaign. Once you resolve it, you get a boon from that. Resolving a regret allows you to choose a break and make it your specialty. Once per session, you may choose to automatically succeed that specialty break before you roll. Oh, that's very fun. So... I've got a big credit card debt, probably medical, putting everything on credit from the comrade whose deathbed promise I took. Probably feeling partially responsible for that person's death, thus wanting to keep up with their promise. And then once I'm able to pay off my debt and pay off that promise to my comrade, I get stat buffs. I like this character already. Damn it. Uh, wounds. Typical, uh, depending on the weapon you're using. There are wounds and double wounds. Uh, double wound is worth two wounds. If an outlaw reaches four wounds, they are in critical condition. If they receive a fifth wound, they are unconscious. Outlaws do not die in CE Space Cowboy. They merely fall unconscious and need to recover for a while. So your basic Pokemon, you white out after you lose the battle. Uh, during character creation, you can also have addictions. 
There are other di- addictions to have. The main one we have, just kind of paralleling Cowboy Bebop, this system already built in, like, ask if your character smokes or not. Smoking a cigarette will give you a plus one bonus to any break involving cool, which is kind of fun. But don't smoke, kids. Okay? It's bad for you. You can have other addictions, but that smoking's closer tied to the thematic vibe you're going for, Uh, so make sure to access the lines and veils about what other addictions you may have. After that, we've got some character sheets, some really good artwork as well, and then we move on to another important part about our sci-fi space jazz fusion experience, which is your spaceship. Any craft designed for flight outside of the atmosphere, you get to decide based off how many people are in your party, what size your spaceship is going to be. There are three classes in CU Space Cowboy. We've got the Mini, the Maxi, and the Jumbo. Each come with different fuel tank amounts. The Mini having D6, the Maxi having D8, and the Jumbo having D12. And then how you got your ship. Uh, If you have a Mini, you probably own it. If you have a Maxi, you probably stole it. And if you got a Jumbo, you're probably making payments to a corporation to use this. So, like I said, keeping up with that space capitalism kind of feel. Uh, You get to name your starship and essentially get it for free during the first episode. Uh, Not to worry about that. That's something that'll kind of come up later as you continue the campaign. Uh, But our rule set, our core rule book, kind of lets you say the first one's for free to really drag in your players. You travel between planets through the tunnel networks that have instant uh, hyperspace travel in between them. These are mostly found between planets. You can also roll 2d6 to see how long your travel time is and what happens during the travel time. Much like when you get into the hypercapitalistic space society, there are all of these things that come into play after that first session, after that first taste is free. There's things like taxes, food, fuel, and getting lost that you'll need to worry about. So we've got rules and tables for all of that. Then we get down to our gear section, where there's uh, quite a bit, there's a good amount of gear here. All of it costs money, uh, besides an improvised weapon, which is free, of course. So, along with the system, a fun thing for players could be balancing your money, the haves and haves nots of a system, you know, cribbing your players in specific ways so that they have to find cooler ways to deal with their bounties, or having players kind of have fun shopping trips when they get to. A lot of things that are lacking from our non-D&D systems are big sets of gears and kind of shopping episodes. Some people do enjoy the shopping episode. So I really like that there's a lot of gear in this system. As we get down, we get to the breaks. And my favorite thing about the breaks, which we may also call basic moves from any other system, is that there are a ton of breaks. Something I struggle with sometimes when we're doing PPTA systems is that a player wants to do something that I don't feel lies within the writ of a specific basic move. I feel like I'm I'm bending it a little bit because they're not truly trying to figure out a person, but there's no into it a situation basic move. There are so many breaks in this system, I'm not sure how you would miss something like that. Because normally I just pick a stat, have you roll plus whatever, 
and see how that outcome would go. But there are 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24 different breaks in this system. So you can possibly find whatever you need within these basic moves. And I really appreciate that, that that is all covered. And I, I don't know a reason you would really mess with that or need to go out of anything else. Like, they cover everything from needing book smarts to ambushing someone, blending in, blowing stuff up, gathering intel, knocking someone out, which is different from get in a fist fight, hack the planet, hack the planet, hackers, man. Disarm someone, operate machine machinery, uh, manipulate someone, scale a wall. Uh, so Onslaught 6 really thought of everything when coming up with these breaks. When it comes to world building, uh, <laughs> when it comes to world building, one of my favorite, this is the first bullet point when it comes to world building. Every player character, unless otherwise stated, is a 7 out of 10 or above in terms of physical attractiveness. And I love that, that we go, we get into space, no fucking uggos allowed. You're pretty, okay? We don't need to deal with that. We, need, we don't need to deal, we, all we have to deal with is pretty privilege. And you're in the driver's seat. The game takes place in the mid-23rd century. The exact year is up to you, obviously. There are 12 planets in the solar system where the game takes place. Consumer technology is stalled out around the mid-1990s. CRTs, blocky cell phones, and they have limited smartphone usage. You know, bulky laptop computers. Something I also really appreciate, sexism, racism, homophobia, transphobia, and other forms of discrimination have been eradicated from culture. Get that shit out of here. Uh, there are no teleporters or transporters. Can't beam down to a planet, you gotta land on it. Police are understaffed and underfund underfunded, and crime is rampant, necessitating the deputization of civilians to bring in criminals. That's the lore reason why we're bounty hunters. So you don't have to feel bad. You're not really a cop when you're a bounty hunter. You're just trying to survive. Internet is limited to computers and spaceships only. This is just a good narrative, so you're not just texting your crew the entire time or looking stuff up on Google. Adds a little bit of mystery and that noir aspect that also exists within this type of genre, specifically Cowboy Bebop. We then have stats for all of the planets in the solar system and the settings in which they can take place, which is very nice. So we've got our 12 planets, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Luna, Mars, Ceres, Jupiter, Ganymede, Callisto, Pluto, and Saturn, and Uranus. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. The system, the core rulebook then goes through your basics if you're a first-time GM, how to run the world, how to run combat, dealing with roles, traveling, uh, spotlight episodes, how to create reoccurring villains, uh, hot starts, which is your basic one-shot. There are some useful tables that are also provided well uh, for creating very specific things, so distinct characteristics, bounty complications, ways to start a session, uh, rooms that always work. So I'm going to go ahead and roll some of these. We're going to roll a distinct characteristic first, which is an 18 bit table, so that's 3d6, you'd roll. 6, 9. Always wear sunglasses even indoors, that's a good fucking characteristic. Uh, bounty complications, which is a d12. 
two. Bounty is already dead. That's a really good bounty, because then you've got more personal story beats you can take care of, you know, who, also, who killed him? What, what bigger thing is going on here? Ways to start a session that aren't picking a bounty off the board. I rolled a six. The Zodiac Syndicate wants to hire the party to take out one of their own. Spicy, if you don't remember the Zodiac Syndicate and their parallel from Cowboy Bebop. They were kind of the main antagonist for Spike. So having your you know, BBEG hire you to deal with something within their own rank and file. So the final thing I want to do is create the bounty itself, as there are many tables to help you if you're struggling with creating our threat, our main episode bounty. We're going to create it together. So the first thing, we're going to create our bounties Demeter, which is a 1d6 table. So our bounty, I rolled a 3. This boring and plain, it's just a regular ass dude. Their modus operandi, their MO, is a D8 table. I got a 5, which means he's hired goons. So I'm thinking this kind of plain Jane business suit dude. But he's got the wealth to keep him protected. So he hires all of these goons. And, ooh, Bounty Hideout is another D8. I'm gonna roll. But I might stretch it a little bit. Uh, so we got a Botanical Garden is his hideout. Um, just as plain as ever, this dude just loves horticulture. <laughs> as Oh, there are two D8 tables for bot uh, Bounty Hideouts. I'm gonna roll the other one and see if that one's better. And a six, an internet cafe. No, I kind of like internet cafe better. This dude who is so on the run that he's doing all of his ne'er-do-well investments from an internet cafe. Because what I'm imagining with all the hired goons is you do a basic, like, fucking Tower of Terror, enter the dragon, you've got to work your way up through the goons to get to the plain dude, which is an easy win. But he does have specialized gear, which is a D10 on the table. He's got a two. He's got ancient weaponry. <laughs> so you work your way through all of these fucking goons. And you get to the top, and it's just a, a boring-ass white man in a business suit. But then he pulls out a fucking <laughs> Naginata. <laughs> a long, ancient Japanese pole arm with a blade on the end of it curved. Uh, D10 for appearance of him as well. If he's nondescript, I mean, I rolled a 1, which is nondescript, blends in easily. Alright, this dude's boring as fuck, I love him. Let's see, let's figure out what his crime was. So that's a D12. I'm interested what this plain fucking dude did. Two, which is theft. So there's three different tiers for theft you can do. We're gonna go with industrial level theft of goods. So I'm thinking this dude... Im embezzled a bunch of shit from his original company. Probably worked for some top-of-the-line star freighter um, manufacturer and has been bleeding money from him all this time. That's why he's so rich and so boring. So that's his crime. And now we're gonna come up with uh, their name, which is a D100 chart. So fucking get ready for this. 
55. Burger King foot lettuce. <laughs> his name is Yarash Castle. Uh, his pseudonym is Pops. So this is the most boring elder gentleman you have ever met. That was some good luck with rolling. Uh, Yarash. Yarash Castle. The embezzler from the Star Freight Industries. Uh, then you gotta go through his Tower of Terror of Goons, which would be really fun to go through all of that. But that was a good bounty. I may use this. I hope none of my players for this one shot listen to this episode. But as far as everything goes, this is the beginning. This is the preview of CU Space Cowboy by Onslaught 6. I definitely go onto their itch.io. Go ahead and get it. It's super cheap. It's a super great game. If you love Cowboy Bebop, go ahead and get see a Space Cowboy. What are you doing? Go ahead and play it at your table. It's phenomenal. But we'll be back soon with our actual one shot of this during One Shot of Palooza. All right, variables. Get some sleep, and you're going to carry that weight. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.